listening to Hope for Today Church podcast. We're so glad that you're joining in this virtual space. We believe that as you listen, Jesus will minister to you right where you are. So open up your mind and your heart to what the word would say to you today. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Jesus is our hope for today. Well, happy pumpkin fest, everybody. What a great weekend. Um, you know, yesterday, um, Saturday, the, some church members and I were out in the parade. I think we were like float 40 or 41. Um, and so we partnered with Power at Work and they had their pickup truck and John and I were in the back holding the, the sign. We looked pretty funny. We had, John was wearing a blue poncho um, and I, you know, we, <laughs> and it was raining and it was, but it wasn't terribly cold and it didn't pour. It was kind of perfect. It was kind of nice. Who was in the parade or, or watching the parade? I saw Barb, I saw Barb, great photos. My goodness. Yeah, it was so good to see. And the kids were so happy. Um, we weren't just there to promote HFT. We did hand out some candy. Megan, how much candy did we hand out? 1,200 lollies. Amazing. And next year we want to double it. Yeah. Um, and we've been talking. One of the things we want to do is to get geared for it because we're going to start planning uh, well in advance this time. Uh, we like to enter a large float. If you remember what Pumpkin Fest used to be like, they would have the big rigs with the big trailer and stuff. Uh, you know, I, I tremendously enjoy that as a kid. Um, but we do have a truck driver in our assembly, Ron, uh, Ron Gregg. So I'm putting you on the spot. We need you to drive the truck. Uh, and we also need a trailer. So, um, but we are going to hopefully have a live worship band right on that trailer. We're going to get the generator fired up and we're going to see what we can do as we also hand out some uh, lollies and stuff. So it's a great time, a great weekend, um, lots of buzz, lots of conversations and people asking, not just about the church, but, um, you know, with what's going on in the world today, there's a lot of questions regarding faith and purpose and is God real and there's all these type of questions that are circling and so I'm going to invite you to turn to Luke 21. We are going to pivot today. Um, I think I've rewritten this message about three or four times because I just wasn't comfortable or in a place where it was ready yet. Um, but then late last night and then into this morning, I felt just a strong peace from the Holy Spirit that what I'm about an attempt to share by the power of his spirit is what is to be shared for today. Let me ask you this. When you've watched television, you've seen, as seen on TV, you know those commercials? You've seen those infomercials, and people are on there, and they're selling all sorts of things and products, and it can be at different times of the day. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, and you're watching these, this show, and it's amazing the amazing things that people come up with. The very things that man can put their mind to in many respects. When you look at technology today, it could be almost terrifying of what we can create because of AI, artificial intelligence. And when you think and even looking at the simplicity of a, of a television of what people can create, you can start to think, you can start to long, I need what they're selling. I need what they're offering. And I've been there. Megan knows. Sometimes I'm like, honey, you got to like take away the credit card from me or access to the bank account. Because when I see these things on TV, I'm like, 
well, that would be kind of nice. That could make life easier, right? A lot of times that's why things are made, right? To make life easier, you know, work uh, smarter, not harder sort of things. And, you know, it can get into your spirit, so to speak, that you can't move past it until you obtain it. And I couldn't help but think it's in some respects no different from watching the world events that have unfolded before our very eyes. You know, as you've watched on TV, uh, not advocating for one news source over the other, although I do think you should definitely watch conservative media. Nonetheless, as you watch and see what, what is displayed before our very eyes, as we watch and we listen to podcasts and all those things, we see what's occurring around the world and especially in the Middle East. And we could not call ourselves church or the people of God without mentioning what is happening to our brothers and sisters in the Lord in Jerusalem. When you look at that enmity that is uh, against Israel, that hostility, that constant oppression against God's chosen people, it causes you to, to stop and to think in many respects. It, it shapes our outlook and our emotions and of our current reality because of what we're seeing on TV. You know, we all watched. I have to admit, last Sunday, I had no idea what was going on because I hardly watched the news. But when I went back and looked and reflected and, and saw and heard the sounds of these, these, this evil surprise of these rockets fired over, I don't know how many rockets there were, there were quite a number that, you know, shot into Jerusalem and were killing innocent people. We saw atrocious murders of even babies riddled with bullets. Children losing their lives or being abducted, kidnapped, and a whole bunch of other stories. It's just so horrific, and it's normal to be moved with emotion over these things. You know, a lot of times we feel like as believers, we're supposed to act like nothing shakes us. Now, everything, of course, we're blessed and highly favored, but it's good to be moved because God has made us emotional beings so that we can encounter his living, enduring presence. It's normal to be moved with that emotion. But Scripture also says this in Ephesians 4, and it sets it up really well, the Apostle Paul, Ephesians 4.25, he says, Speak the truth to each other, each to his own neighbor, because we are members of one another, be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil an opportunity. It's normal to get emotional. In fact, the Bible also shows us it's regular, it's important to be aware of what's going on, to be informed and to especially be concerned and engaged in prayer. Proverbs 18.13 says this, the one who gives an answer before he listens, this is foolishness and a disgrace for him. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 and 17, rejoice always, pray constantly. So here we see two reminders. Not only is it normal to have emotion, but it's good to gather the facts before you respond to what's going on. We've seen as we watch and we listen, we know the facts. We know the cause of the enmity that goes back to the time of Abraham and his offspring and the hostility between the brothers and the numerous nations that would collide to a culmination in time where Jesus Christ will return one day and he will bring peace by the, the shout of his voice, which is like a sword, and he will rule the nations. It is going to continue happening. There's going to continue to be this hostility until his return. 
And yet we're reminded of Philippians 4, 6, and 7 as we think about our response. I so greatly appreciate this passage of scripture. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I so deeply appreciate this because it can guard our emotions, that we don't lose perspective of the hope we have, but also safeguards our minds that we understand the hope we have, the reasonable knowledge of who we are in Christ and how we're to respond to what we see on the world stage. But we're also not only seeing it abroad, we're seeing it domestically. If you look to see what was happening or what happened in Israel, the amount of record protests throughout the states and, you know, sporadically through Canada of people affirming and for the terrorist activity in Jerusalem. Affirming and calling evil good. But scripture, you got to appreciate scripture yet again is so timely and relative to all all we face has something further to inform and direct our steps going forward. It tells us the same as those facing this evil in real time that when we see, don't forget this, when we see and hear such events, we are not to be troubled or alarmed. Not to be troubled or alarmed. You know, when you think of the word, the sense of the two words in the Greek and Hebrew of troubled and alarmed, which are essentially the same thing as speaking to emotional point of need and anxiety to the point that it overwhelms you. So when Jesus says, don't be troubled, don't be alarmed, he's saying, you're gonna, it's okay, you're going to be emotional. It's okay, things are going to alarm you, but don't allow it to get to the place where you lose a perspective that I am for you and not against you. How else are our brothers and sisters as they see the rockets fly? Sure, they're trusting in technology again, the Iron Dome. But at the end of the day, they're trusting in something that's far superior than technology. It's in God Almighty and their Lord and Savior who said, I am for you. What we see, what we hear can move us in two directions. It can move us in a downward paralyzing spiral All we can do is Jesus says in Luke 21, 28, he says, when you see all of the events take place, kingdom rise against kingdom, nation against nation, when you see these things, he says, look up, lift your eyes and see your redemption is near. Too many times we're looking around, oh my gosh, did you see what I saw on the news? And again, it's good to be informed, but we lose the perspective, who's in charge? Who's sovereign? And our guiding verse at Hope for Day is Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't forget the last part, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You will not have joy I will not have peace if my trust and hope is in anything or anyone else. 
So when I'm watching as pastors are called to pray for Israel and I'm watching testimonies of people sharing with Erdo and other mission agencies what they're saying, yeah, it's crazy and we're running for our lives and we're safeguarding our children and yet we're not deterred because we trust in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you believe in him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at this in context in Romans 15, 10. It says, again, rejoice you Gentiles. And in case you've forgotten, you're Gentiles, okay? Rejoice you Gentiles with his people, referring to Israel. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, let the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will appear and the one who rises to rule the Gentiles and the Gentiles will hope in him. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Paul goes on to write, my brothers and sisters, I myself am convinced about you that you are also full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. And what I appreciate about this as in our assembly is I know that in this house are veteran, faithful, mature believers where you're able to instruct one another as you're watching what's happening on the world stage. I appreciate when Don and others post on social media and saying, reminding people who their trust is to be in, encouraging each other in prayer, even when we see these things happening before our very eyes. Because if we're not careful, it's easy to deviate to the other, to look down instead of look up. And so let's look to Luke 21. Purposely left this passage of what Jesus' instruction uh, for us here today to this moment. Luke 21, starting in verse 5. And you know, Jesus has been ministering and he's been answering a lot of questions about the kingdom of God. And he says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And you know him because you know me. And in all these things, there's all these interactions. And then a part of that interaction in Luke 21, 5, we're told this. As some were talking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, these things you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left on another that will not be thrown down. Teacher, they asked him, so when will these things happen? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? Then he said, watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name saying, I am he, and the time is near. Don't follow them. When you hear of wars and rebellions, don't be alarmed. Indeed, it is necessary these things take place first, but the end won't come right away. Then he told them, a nation will be raised up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be violent earthquakes and famines and plagues in various places. And there'll be terrifying sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you. They will hand you over the synagogues and the prisons. And you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. It's important to remember that's 
why the hostility happens in the first place, because of the name of Jesus, who they represent, the seed that they bear. Verse 13, this will give you an opportunity to bear witness. Therefore, make up your minds not to prepare your defense ahead of time, for I will give you such words and a wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will even be betrayed by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. They will kill some of you. You will be hated by everyone because of my name, but not a hair of your head will be lost. By your endurance, gain your lives. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then recognize that this desolation has come near. Then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. Those inside the city must leave it, and those who are in the country must not enter it, because these are days of vengeance to fulfill all the things that are written. Woe to the pregnant woman and nursing mothers in those days, for there will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will be killed by the sword and be led captive into all the nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Because of my name, they will hate you. Because of my name, they will lead you out by the sword and they will cut you down and they will lead you captive to all the nations. You know, we saw this happen on the world scales many, many, many times before. And then within a generation, generations about 22 to 33 years, within a generation, the temple fell. The temple was sacked by the Roman general Titus with his legions, not one stone was left upon the other. And he stood in the middle of a place that was meant for worship and sacrifice, creating the great abomination of desolation, a symbol of pagan worship because they saw the Roman emperor as God himself. And so when you think of these words, all these words that Jesus spoke would resonate with the people of God as they reflected, as they thought back upon everything they were seeing before them. Another place in scripture, a prophecy, it says that in a day, can a nation be given birth all at once? Isaiah 66, 8, prophet Isaiah refers to Israel becoming a nation in one whole day. And we know that day, 1948, Israel became a nation. And then Zechariah, he prophesied in chapter 12, verse 2 to 3, he says that I will in this time, in this day, cause Israel to be a heavy stone against all the peoples. Meaning they will, time and again, time and time again, can't stress it enough, time and again, will seek to attack and to eradicate the people of God, and yet they will never prevail against them. And at this time, they would have thought Jesus was nuts. What do you mean the beauty of this splendor? Imagine it's like this beautiful united church. Who could ever tear this down? Now, in that time, the construction was quite immaculate and incredible. How could God allow such a thing to happen? But Jesus said these things were all, you know, predestined to take place because of things and atrocities of idol worship and other things that had taken place. 
but they could trust because of the words that Jesus spoke, that his words were now true as they saw the, the temple fall and as they were scattered to the nations. And then look what it says in verse 25, then, so it's as if we can pick up from AD 70 and on, then there will be signs in the sun, the moon and the stars, and there'll be anguish on the earth among nations, bewildered by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and expectation of things that are coming on the world because the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is near. And then Jesus says, so you don't miss it. If that's not enough, he begins to tell them a figurative parable so they can grasp this. He says, look at this fig tree. All the trees, as soon as they put out leaves, you can see for yourselves and recognize that summer is already near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, recognize that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And so many respects, so you're not confused, prophecy can have double and sequential fulfillment. And so here we're seeing, look, I tell you, not generation, not, the, the generation will not pass away until all things take place. He assured them that they would see many of these things happen within their generation. And as we saw, it did in fact happen. And yet there are still outstanding things to take place. We have not yet seen the Antichrist rise up and commit another abomination of, of desolation in the very temple that is not yet rebuilt. And the 11 gates that have been prophesied um, in Zechariah or Ezekiel 44 of the 11 gates surrounding Jerusalem have not yet been constructed. In fact, the Eastern gate in which Jesus is supposed to enter through has not yet been constructed. But the old one is now at ground level. So the question is, what do we do with all of this? It shapes us and, and helps us in how we respond to the events before us. And I believe here today, as I speak into my heart, as I confess and, and, and preach to you here this afternoon, the focus isn't on the turmoil. The focus isn't on the trouble. Our focus is to be ready and looking for his return, anticipating his return, even when things get nuts, because we know it's always getting nuts, that he's coming back. I wrote here response number two. Remember who is the true force behind the evil and hostility against God and his people. When we lose sight of this, when we lose touch of this, and I've been there, we can get off path. We can start, you know, start acting in hostility, enmity between one another. But here we're told the Apostle Paul, Ephesians 6, 11 to 12, Put on the former of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle, you know it, is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers of darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. It's important we keep this in our spirit.
And if you're not there, get there. You might be saying here today, you know, you've heard on the news, you've heard people saying, well, Israel should be charged with war crimes because how they're responding and retaliating. Well, I so appreciate, again, Scripture in real time, and it's so relative to our time today. In Romans 13, it speaks to the authority and responsibility of governing officials to move in and respond and safeguard peace for their citizens and for their people. That is their divine authority that God has given them. And you say, well, show me where there's an example of this. You all know the story. I'm sure you heard about it once or twice or probably a bazillion times in children's church. David versus Goliath. The story with David very quickly in 1 Samuel 17, the the people of God are shuddering because of the sheer force and numbers of the Philistine army. And they're at the gate with their champion Goliath. He's this pompous individual who's saying, who dares to defy me to come and stand against me? Who's man enough, as we say in today's age? Or maybe we're not really allowed to say that anymore. But you understand what I'm saying. Who's man enough? It's okay, I'm not politically correct anyway. And everyone is scared, shaking, even the king, the anointed one of Israel. And in 1 Samuel 17, 32, David said to Saul, after speaking to others, saying, what's the big deal? I'll go fight him. Young David says, don't let anyone be discouraged by him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. When I was reading this verse last night, now mind you, my son is a lot younger, but he walked and he says, hey dad, what are you doing? You getting ready for church? I'm like, yeah, I'm just reading about young David going out to to fight a giant. He's like, a giant? I'm thinking it's almost like watching my son coming to me and me shaking my, my boots about what's before me. And he goes and says, Dad, don't worry, I'll go fight him. 1 Samuel 17, 37, we see the king's response. The Lord, it's important to know, capital L-O-R-D, which means Yahweh, who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And so Saul said to David, Go and may the Lord be with you. So here he had the authority of the governing official to act and safeguard the people of Israel. Just as the men and women on the ground in the Gaza Strip and the Golan Heights and such are going out to safeguard the people of Israel, they were responding with appropriate force with a giant at their border. But if it's not our role, from here, this this point, on the outside looking in, what is our role? Our role is to pray and to pray for those in those positions. It says to pray for the peace of Israel. And then I thought of this, I believe it was the spirit bringing to recollection. As we pray, we may not understand everything going on, but we're praying saying, Lord, you rebuke Hamas. You show yourself powerful and mighty to save. Because in Jude 9, we're showed that when Michael the archangel was disputing with the devil, arguing over Moses' body, he did not even utter a slanderous condemnation against him. All he simply said was, the Lord rebuke you. 
That's tough because we're used to taking things into our own hands. But so many times when we get ahead of God or we get out of our assignment, we get out of, get out of our roles, at those times, innocent blood can be shed. Uh, uh, things can, you know, snare up and snare us in our response because we're not to respond in that way. So it's important that we know our role, we know our assignment. And third response is to pray and speak the truth. As I've already said, Psalm 122, verse 6, pray for the well-being of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. Genesis 12, two to five. Mm. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who doesn't treat you or treat you with contempt. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So this promise of scripture reaches forward to us today as we pray for peace in Israel, we know that we're blessed. And I don't want you to walk out of here today saying, well, if I don't pray for Israel, does that mean I'm cursed? Well, we know that in Christ, there is no condemnation. We're not under a curse. We're not under the freedom and love, grace. But it's important that we remember our brothers and, and sisters in the Lord. We are not dispensationalists. We do not believe that we have replaced the people of God, but rather that we have been grafted into the family of God and we share in the, the blessings of our heavenly father. And then when he returns one day, he's going to return for a bride of one resolve and trust and faith in him who truly believes that our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the spiritual forces in the heavens. And so I encourage you here today as people have conversation and as they share with you what's happening on the world stage, mind you, this will not be the last time. Don't be troubled. Don't be alarmed and overwhelmed to the point that you're not able to respond, but trust in the Lord, he says, to look up. Cause others to, to look up, to, to seek him with their whole heart. And as you, you keep on sharing these words that Jesus says, anyone believes in me shall be saved. Shall be saved. And so you can imagine as Brad comes, when Paul was instructing young Timothy, you know, in his own time too, things kind of got a little nuts. People got a little concerned, got a little worried. There's a lot of hoopla happening even in the church of God. And this young man needed encouragement. In times he was overwhelmed. But the apostle Paul told Timothy, look, in the last day, things are going to get difficult. Things are going to become troublesome. But he says this, as things get evil and people call evil good and good evil, he, he says in 2 Timothy 4, 1 to 3, I tell you, Timothy... Before God in Christ, who is going to judge the living and dead, and because of his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. Don't believe the falsehood that God is for what is happening against the people of Israel. 
I can't believe the number of Christians that I have seen posting in media that are for it. Thank God for his grace because when he returns, all the works we've done, some of us are just gonna escape through the flames because of grace and thank God for the grace. I can't emphasize it enough. No one's gonna take this message and chop it out and say, I'm not a grace man. I am a grace man. But I'm amazed how we, we, we twist things and can distort things because it doesn't fit with the agenda and the politics of the day. God is for his people. He is for Israel and he always will be. He is always our hope for today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I encourage you, trust in his uh, sovereign plan. When you go there today and you, you maybe even enjoy the festivities, continue to look up and thank God for what you have and the peace and the joys that we have because you never know when the day is gonna come where we may have an encounter with the people if our brothers and sisters across the pond, as people put it, are experiencing because the day is coming. We don't know when, even Jesus said, I don't know the day or the hour, mind you, of when my father has planned for my return. Nevertheless, I am coming soon. Revelation says, I am coming soon and my reward is with me and I will give to every man or woman according to what he has done. And so when you go in the highways and byways, as people scoff, think of the words of Peter. And what he says, and I promise you I'm closing, I have to share this passage because I was fired up from reading it because there's a lot of scoffers. I couldn't be to tell you the, the scoffers I meant even during Pumpkin Fest, setting up signs, and the things people had to say about the church. He goes and says this, above all, be aware of this. Scoffers will come in the last days, scoffing and following their own evil desires, saying, hey, where is his coming that he promised? Ever since our ancestors fell asleep, all these things continue as they have since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately overlook this. By the word of God, the heavens came into being long ago and the earth was brought about from water and through water. Through these, the world of that time perished when it was flooded. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are stored up for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Dear friends, don't overlook this one fact. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And so when you think of the words, the apostle Paul reminds the people, do not take vengeance upon yourself and said, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. At the end of the day, he is not willing for one, not one to perish, but from the all to answer the call that he knocks on every human heart. I believe he knocks on every human heart, but not everyone will receive. Not everyone will hear. Some, because of the, the, the lawless one, has blinded their eyes to receive. Nonetheless, understand that the Lord's delay and why he has not yet come on the rolling clouds and the flash of lightning because of his kindness, not wanting anyone to perish, but to know and to have a relationship with him. 
And so as you go here today, don't be upset that the Lord is, has delayed his return. I understand we want the rapture. I'm right there with you. I want to be caught up to see his glorious return and be like, yes, he's real. We knew it all along. Woo. But Romans 2.4, do not despise the riches of his kindness or his restraint or his patience. Do you not recognize that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? He's coming again, Luke 21, 28. But when you see all these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads because your redemption is near, amen. Bro and team, I invite you to come as we respond in worship. I'm going to invite you, if you're able, to stand with me and, you know, a little bit of a, you know, an encouragement. If you would join me in just raising your hands to heaven, we want to invite the, the Spirit of the Lord to come and to quicken us because the Bible says we have this incredible treasure in jars of clay, the extraordinary power of God that moves within you so powerfully to live according to His great purpose and will for your life. But not just that, that you and me, and I'm preaching to myself, would be able to stand and let our light shine before others, as Jesus says in Matthew 5, 16, so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. That's why we're here, to give glory to He who created us. We thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful time in your word that is truly living and active. God, we think of our brothers and sisters Lord, those that are in you, Lord Jesus, and even maybe those who have not yet come to know you, but they remain your people, your chosen people to be a light, a beacon to the world. We thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon Israel, that you promise to bless them, to uphold them. We thank you, Lord, that we don't pretend to expect on how your calendar is supposed to play out, your timetable. But Lord, we trust in your perfect timing. In the midst, Lord, we thank you for your word. You invite us to present all our requests, even our anxieties. Lord, would you guide our minds? Would you guard our hearts to trust the peace we have in you that we would overflow in joy and peace as we respond to what is happening on the world stage? Don't be afraid to share your truth, that you're not slow in delay, but you're being patient, that, Lord, your delay's a kindness so people would come to know you. Would you empower us to go and to speak your truth, to be the living embodiment of your truth? Lord, we, we believe that signs and wonders will accompany us as we believe and as we trust in your name, as we go out, as we pray for people. Lord, the sick would recover. Lord, the blind eyes would be open. Even the sick, Lord, that leads them even to fall asleep, Lord, that they would be raised. Lord, we thank you for your working, your wonderful, wonder-working power that's at work here in this fellowship, Lord, at work in this town. And Lord, I pray that your spirit would be so evident in this place, Lord, it would be an incredible beacon that would burst through the, the brick and mortar of this facility. And Lord, even by the, just the presence, the sound of your name being proclaimed, that people's lives would be transformed, hearts would be moved yes. in your very presence. We welcome you. Move 
inhabit us. We thank you we live and move and have our very being by the power of your name and of your spirit. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, amen. Bro, would you lead us? What a perfect song here to end here, church. In the chorus of this, he never let go. He never lets go of us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Whatever may come, it may ever happen. And that bridge in this song, I can see a light that is coming. And we know what that's referring to, right? The coming of the Lord, it's gonna happen. For the heart that holds on, thinking all those people imprisoned or persecuted, scoffed at, you name it, the heart that holds on. And there will be an end to these troubles. But until that day comes, I will praise the Lord and we will continue to praise him. Let's worship him here.
King Jesus, and every high and every low, Lord, we know that you are with us. You will never forsake us, King Jesus, that you are coming on the clouds the same way that you ascended. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. And just as a close here, Heavenly Father, I pray for every person here, present and online today, that Lord, your Holy Spirit, the gift given to all who believe, will continue to empower us, Jesus, to guide us, to speak to us. Lord, Lord Jesus, give us the words to speak when we don't know what to say. Give us direction on what you want us to do, Lord Jesus. Help each one of us know what is our place in the body of this church, in the community church, in this, in this, in this county, in the world itself, Lord. I pray a special blessing over every person here that whatever their prayers are, Jesus, whatever their desires or needs are, Lord, that you would meet them, Lord Jesus. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this assembly and this time and your presence here. Thank you for your word, Lord, that you continue to guide us and lead us to do your will. As we say, Jesus, we love you and we choose to obey your commandments to be your hands and feet and preach the good news to the ends of the earth. Praise you, Jesus. So, Lord God, as we go here, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. And the church said, amen. Hallelujah. Church, it's so good to see you and encouraging in that. May you be blessed. Feel free to go as we formally close here. We're just going to finish off in the song here, but feel free to mingle. And if you got to go, enjoy the day. And we'll see you next Sunday.